In this episode, put on your life jacket and get on board the yacht with us as we join Steely Dan in the pursuit of musical perfection with their album Asia. Stay with us. Get ready for the 3324 podcast, where lifelong friends Dean Legiro and Eric Coover share their love of all things music and movies. Dean has directed short films and is a music trivia buff. And Eric, trained in audio engineering, brings his extensive knowledge of music and film to the conversation as they discuss, debate, and celebrate their favorite albums, films, and much more. Welcome, friends, to the 3324 Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it so much. We have a big ask. You've obviously found us here, but you know what? Finish the job and go on to social media. Join us on Instagram and Facebook at 3324podcast. If you're into the Twitter thing, you, we're there too with uh, 3324p. And joined, as always, by my good friend. I've known him a lifetime. <laughs> Eric Cooper, and he might he would say he might say it's a life sentence. <laughs> hey, I, I, wow! I like how he puts words in my mouth. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, no, <laughs> oh, it's it's a, it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. <laughs> he's he's keeping it uh, he's keeping it low key. <laughs> That's right. I have no comment. <laughs> no comment. What? No. Oh boy. So what what a, this is this album. Steely Dan's Asia was one of the first ones. Uh, mm. I know on, when we started this, this was like one of those foundational albums that I felt was important to talk about and celebrate. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it was just like kind of when, we, you know, when that master list was being made, you know, when I was when we were contemplating this and and figuring out what we were going to do and, and what kind of content this album was like right there. It was it was fully in the mix with everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Perfect perfection. That's. I mean, it's, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna jump the gun here, but let's, you know. <laughs> well, I, you know, I said it in the beginning too. I mean, oh, yeah. Let's. If if you're not into Steely Dan, hopefully this episode will will compel you to at least listen to this album. So let's start off as we always do with the stats. Of course, mm-hmm. we love stats. I love statistics. That's what. That's my my yes, lifeblood is statistics. Indeed, yes. And trivia. And trivia. I, I, the trivia king. king take this knowledge in and I absorb it. Uh, yep. Hold it for, for decades if need be. And then it'll come out when, when, when needed, I'll just pull <laughs> out this, you know, random information that no one really cares about. So this album was released in September of 1977 produced by Gary Katz. And he produced every Steely Dan album. He went, yeah. you know, from at least from their original run uh, their you know, their seventies to 1980 run. Uh, this won a Grammy Award, not surprisingly, or surprising that it didn't win more, but it won for Best Engineering. Mm-hmm. Hit number three on the Billboard charts, and it did it quite quickly. It rose up the charts pretty fast and was certified two times platinum, which is hard to believe. That's two million copies. Um, I'm, I'm going to think it's more than that. All songs written by Walter Becker and Donald Fagan, another duo, another tandem songwriting team we just did our squeeze episode yeah and we talked about chris difford and glenn tilbrook as a functioning unit that was on the same page and and was able to uh get great things done musically and uh walter becker and donald fagan are no different yeah i but i would say they're uh let me start by saying they're <laughs> slightly in the, the 
opposite direction in terms of uh, it's just there's just something so funny about the their demeanor and their uh, just the way they carry themselves in the in the lyrics and in the music itself. It's they're so they're they're New Yorkers. So, they're so deadpan. <laughs> Yeah. They, they could be Muppets. They could, to me, they're like Waldorf and Statler. They're so, you know, they could be very real, low key, very, well, very cynical, yep. very deadpan, very sort of like, they're just characters in themselves. Like it's just, you know, and, and, but they're smart. Oh yeah. And they all, they carry that, that intellectual air, I guess, um, on their sleeves. And it's, you know, that, well, I mean the music, it, you know, it shows in the music. I mean, there's no, yeah. no doubt about yeah, it. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, this is, uh, you know, musical architecture at, yeah. at its finest. And, and we've talked about some other artists that are that are musical architects um, and some that are not. Right. We've, we've talked about some artists that there are different approaches to, to music, to making music. And, and when we talked about Tom Petty and, and some other artists, there's the, the, the camp that you go in there and you pretty much rehearse the heck out of something and then you record it a lot. You know, everybody plays and records it in very minimal over overdubbing, but you get like the one take and that's the master. And then maybe you add some backing vocals. Yes. Then we see musical architects like Brian Wilson that are, are building and creating sounds and, and layering and, and trying different things and using the studio as that instrument um, and we've talked about, you know, Lindsey Buckingham the same way he does it as a self-contained unit when he does his solo stuff. Uh, we've talked about ELO. We've talked about some other bands as well that that do it. Um, and I think Steely Dan has taken it to like the nth degree with this album because this was kind of like, the you know, Asia. So it's it's spelled A J A. So if you never mm. knew how to pronounce it, like Aja or it's it's Asia, it's, it's Asia. like yeah. like the continent. Right. <laughs> so it's very simple. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll get that out of the way. At least we've dropped Not that. Not to be confused knowledge. with the band Asia, you know, the, that the super too. group. You know, that too, was a, which was, you know, pretty much around the. Not too far uh, away. Yeah. Not, not too, too far, far away, away a few years later. So, yeah. Yeah. But, so um, so what, what's what's your connection to Steely Dan? Um, they're actually right in my wheelhouse. You know, they, they, they talk about being misfits and they, you know, there's several songs that they're, you know, even on this album, uh, Deacon Blues in particular, they talk about someone being sort of different and, you know, kind of uh, introverted. And, you know, that's definitely me. And so, yeah, I mean, it's there's, there's no question as to why I love them. Um, and musically speaking, it's it's everything that I love in terms of mixing, you know, rock with with jazz and blues. And, you know, I've, I've loved that kind of stuff from ever since the early days with, you know, uh, a lot of the bands of the period, but they, they refined it to a certain, to a certain extent that they just kind of, it's very, it could be very smooth. It could be rough around the edges. I mean, it's just, I, I think of uh, albums like Royal Scam, which I'm really, really, it's, it's hard for me because I actually, I actually really love that album, but it's so mm -hmm. dark. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like a, uh, and it's the one right before this. So mm -hmm. yeah, there's that, you know, there's that edge of like, which one do I like better? I, I guess it depends on what kind of mood I'm in. But, uh, but yeah, I, but for me, I, I didn't have a lot of their albums, so to speak. I had the greatest yeah, hits. Neither. I had decade of Steely Dan and I played the hell out of that thing. Mm -hmm. And then eventually in the nineties, they released uh citizen Steely Dan, which was all their albums in a box set. And that's what I, I had that mm -hmm. on CD. 
So I, I had the opportunity to listen to everything, you know, and then some. So, yeah, um, I, but I got to know them later on more so then, you know, but of course they were, uh, you know, with this album and a lot of their, a lot of their other albums, there's songs all over the radio. I mean, there's, they have a yeah. lot of, and not necessarily hits, but like, again, those FM staples. That yeah. You that, hear, that's, you that's know. The, yeah. The FM would go deep on them because yeah. they, they have a lot of great songs, but, and, and they're, they're, they're like, you know, classic rock staples and not necessarily chart hits. Kind of like mm-hmm. we talked about Led Zeppelin. Yeah, Led Zeppelin didn't have any really chart hits per se, mm-hmm. but everybody knows their their songs. And with Steely Dan, they're they're one of those. It's like Ricky, you know, Ricky, don't lose that number, and all, all that kind of stuff is wasn't big as far as chart performance, but very popular just to be played on the radio. And mm-hmm. and then they would go even deeper, like you said, you know, you said Royal Scam, which was the the album before this, which really didn't have a, a whole lot of that, that was actually probably the weakest album in terms of in terms of in terms of hits. Singles, but it yeah. had like the deep cuts, like Kid Charlemagne and and the Fez and stuff like that. And and that's kind of Steely Dan is 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 in that range where they're they're not chart toppers, but the songs are, are recognizable and smartly smartly done. You know, and you and you're right about Royal Scam. It was it was a more guitar heavy. Little heavier on the guitar work, them evolving to Asia really is mm-hmm. what it is. I mean, you, you know, you can. This is one of those great artists that you can kind of listen to the discography, and yeah. you you kind of feel that they're getting there. Yeah, it's the journey. Yeah, every you know, album yeah, they're getting there, and more and more Asia sophisticated is, yep. is is literally the arrival. Yeah, and then Gaucho is is could be called the overshot. Of it, you know, yeah, shooting, shooting they, a little, a little further, and and the results are are, are similar, mm-hmm. but not exactly the same, right? And then they would, you know, come back years later, which yes. you know, it's a little, little acclaim. I mean, I was actually, yeah. I, I was glad to see something new by them, but yeah, they won a Grammy nature. for for was it Two Against Nature? Was two against their nature. Album? It was a decent album. I mean, they beat it, out Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Like, go figure. Yeah, yeah I just because they're so. So, uh, so, uh, eccentric and it's just odd. It's just a really odd sound that they have. And I, I just can't really put, I can't really describe it in words. It's just thinking man's music. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know I what mean, that means. I don't know what that means, but I just, but it, 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 it yeah, but it, it, it is, kind of, it, it really is. I mean, they, you know, Fagan is pulling references out of the air. Like he's talking about stuff that, oh, God, yeah, nobody, ex- nobody experiences. really knows. Yeah. He drops names. He drops alcohol liquor drinks he he yeah. has such a deep vocabulary and and smarts to pull from in his right. songwriting or in their lyric writing that yeah it's, it's it's not like anything they're really big film buffs as well i mean they and they go deep there we're talking we're not just we're not talking like star wars we're talking yeah. you know they're, they're digging <laughs> deep they're referencing movies i've never even heard of and yeah. you know it, it's just it's but I, I I love that though. There's this, I don't I, I don't find them pretentious per se. It's just they just they do it well. Yeah. And they're they're you know they're just they and I guess they don't really care if you if you think so or not. You know, it's just they just do what they do. And I I yeah I, I love I, it. You yeah, know? they're 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 from that pedigree of the studio hound. You know, that's right. That, that they yeah. you know they made those decisions as well. You know, they they were formed in 1971. And if you're not sure what the name 
Steely Dan is. <laughs> well, here we uh, go. This is it's it's ta- well, it's it's the the there's a, a novel by William S. Burroughs, Naked Lunch. Yeah. Um, and it's taken from the name of a sex toy from that yeah. novel. So there you go. That that's right. it. But originally they they did they had a, a lead singer or another singer David Palmer, mm-hmm. and you'll know him from that song "Dirty Work," which is probably the most unsteely Dan sounding song, and that's and especially yeah. since David Palmer sings it, so it's not the the, the normal Donald Fagan stuff. Um, it's easy to to listen to it, and you know you know that song, and it's like a classic rock song, but it's you don't immediately associate it with Steely Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it was I- used to great effect in the beginning of American Hustle. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, I think that entire album has that feel, though. I mean, they're just, you know, pl- they just, I think they just, at that point, they just wanted to do a rock and roll record, you know, because they are real big rock and roll buffs. I mean, t- you know, they, they yeah. do talk about all the greats that everybody else is into and, you know, that kind of thing. So, but they're also into uh, Black American music as well. So, which is, it's what I like, you know, I, I dig the R and B, the, the mm-hmm. sort of Motown. I like the jazz. I like, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, and I, I, yeah, I, I think you know, they morphed, morphed towards that as they went along. They because, do. Like you said, yes. in the beginning, it was, it was definitely more of a group endeavor Yeah, because you had Skunk Baxter, uh, who was a prolific session guitarist. He would later join the Doobie Brothers. You had De- mm-hmm. uh, Denny Diaz, who was a, a expert virtuoso guitar player too. So yeah. it was, this was a, a, a band of musicians that were really good at what they did. And it, in the beginning, it was a band effort. Yeah. And, and you know, kind of the all for one, one for all type thing. And, and as the years went on, you know, Becker and Fagan asserted more control over the group and then eventually said, you know what, we just, I think it was in 1974 was their last tour. And they're like, we, we don't want to tour anymore. And this yeah, is they, not, we, this is a story that we have, <laughs> we've told very, before. Oh, yeah. That sounds very familiar. It, right? They're like, yep. we want to so, write songs and be in the studio. So that effectively kind of, left the, these other members kind of out in the lurch. They're kind of like, okay, well, you know what? And so, you know, Skunk Baxter goes and, and he joins the, the Doobie Brothers, mm-hmm. um, which Michael McDonald would, would join later on too. And, and Michael McDonald <laughs> yeah. figures somewhat heavily into Steely Dan and more so Asia. The later period, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So mm-hmm. so they just kind of got that that same thing. The Beatles, right? The Beatles went through it. We don't want to tour anymore. It's just, we don't want to do that. Brian Wilson, I don't want to tour anymore. I want to stay in the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other one, you know, Lindsey Buckingham preferred to be in the studio, didn't tour, but then embraced touring. Jeff Lynn yep. first stay in the, in the studio, doesn't want to tour, but but recently tour. So you you get a feeling for these quote unquote artists that are dedicated to the craft of music yeah. and see touring and playing live as I guess maybe as somewhat of a distraction or a nuisance. Like we don't, you know, that's not where the it's part of the business. For them, it's not where the passion is, right? It's a necessary evil. It is. It's part of the business. And they do have a, a great disdain. Like most artists, you know, the, the real big eccentric artists, they always have, it's the art over the business. And, you know, there's a certain disdain for, the, you know, the record <laughs> business. But I mean, you know, you got to play the game sometime, you know, you got to, yeah. you know, you got to get out there and do what you got to do. But um but yeah, I mean, I, I, I often read, you know, like little quips of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're both saying how much they hate touring and uh it, it's you know i actually did get to see them luckily i got to see them right before walter becker died which was which was which was cool and they did perform the entire album nice uh, of asia i think it was i, I get i'm guessing it was the anniversary of the of the album uh so yeah that, that was like yeah that was like it was i think it was 17 maybe 
in, in Pennsylvania. That, I think yeah, he, so well, he, passed, he passed away in 17. Did he? Yeah. It wasn't that long after that I had seen them that he did yeah. that he passed away, but he yeah. looked perfectly fine on yeah, stage. No. And yeah. and boy, they they sound great. I mean, they even the live show is is you talk about perfection. I mean, I I don't think I've ever heard a band sound that perfect mm-hmm. live. In in and and every band that I've seen, uh, you know, uh, you know, and there's some, there's some close calls there, but but yeah, they they were on point every 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 step of the way the backing singers the yeah the, the all the session musicians Did, they, didn't you they say when fantastic. you saw the banana splits that they sounded just like they did on the record <laughs> banana splits what <laughs> hey that, no, that wasn't them no no <laughs> no and uh, steely dan is also really good for that whole um performing an album in its its entirety i mean they they do would do that a lot just unrelated to anniversaries or anything like yeah this we're gonna do Asia or we're going to do pretzel logic, you know, which, which is great for the fans. If you're, if you're into that kind of stuff, I think they, if I'm not mistaken, I think they used to at some tours, they used to have a, like a wheel and they would spin the wheel and whatever song came up, they would play. They did that. I think they did that. I think Elvis Costello might've done that as well, but I think they, they, they did that. At my they show. were the first ones to do yeah. that where they would have a wheel and they would spin it and whatever came up. It's like, okay, we're going to, we'll they play actually, that. Yeah. They, I, rem- I do remember that. They yeah. did that when I saw them. Yep. That's balls. I mean, you gotta, you know, right. You gotta be ready for anything and, and everything. You do, you know, you gotta like, be right that, on point. Yeah. You yeah. gotta be, you gotta be sharp to know exactly. Oh my God, we haven't played this in a really long time, but you, you do. You got to be ready, and uh, and they were. They did. They did. Every, they did. Uh, oh, it was impeccable and absolutely yeah. impeccable. Even my brother was impressed. Who was not really into this kind of thing, and he. We. I went to see him with him, and and he was into it. He's like, yeah, these these sound great. And I'm like, no, oh, told you, this is what I like. You know, like he's, yeah. he's all into you know metal and that kind of stuff, and it's which is fine. But it's like I just I I prefer this kind of this kind of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something I I don't know. I, I think when you go see them too, because they're so such perfectionists in the studio. Yeah, I think you're going to get an elevated live experience because they're not going to half-ass it, right? They're going to be right. committed to I, to replicating that as as close as possible and and assembling musicians that can do right. it. So you're going to get like a high quality show when you do go see them. That's right. I mean, even you know they they'll do that, but on the other hand, I also like musicians who know how to expand upon what they do i i do pref- i do like every now and again somebody changing the arrangement of a song i mean that that takes balls to do that as well <laughs> people like sting you know who could take a police song and and change up the the entire arrangement make mm-hmm. it slower make it faster whatever put horns to it whatever it whatever whatever it is whatever they're in the mood that to me is 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 looking beyond what was done as well. So that, you know, there's that little bit of extra, you know, there too, then you got to be on point with that as well. So uh, in a live setting, I, I, I kind of enjoy it. Sometimes I don't want to hear the record. I want to, I want to hear something different, you know, but <laughs> I but always want to hear the record, but, but in case of Steely Dan <laughs> though, because the music requires, it is such, you know, it is, you know, very fine tuned and very, you know, you, you yeah. really don't want to see them go off. No, because they, they could jam the stuff out certainly with the yeah. with the with the kind of musicians they have with them. You, they could certainly take it to that level, and they yeah. could just. But you this know. is all arranged music. I mean, that's the thing is that's why they stop touring is so mm-hmm. they can concentrate on creating the, this kind of layered music. And Asia, what is is like the the pinnacle 
it's yeah. the, it's the zenith of of what they were trying to do and they did it in such a you know a way that is unheard of as well mm-hmm. with by this time there really was no band left so it was becker and fagan and studio musicians yeah and and when we say studio musicians for asia we got an army up up, up to four, <laughs> up to 40 different musicians that's right and for, for were, were involved in this in in one form or another and and if you look at the credits you know like who played on like who played on what song there's only seven songs on this album okay mm-hmm. so you might think oh this is a pretty sparse album no but e- each song really is its own thing and but but then the whole album melds this whole album has a consistent tone and feel to it which yeah. is which i think is the thing too it's not like some of these other albums, like we said in in the past, where it's it, it's contrasting and there's different like things, and that's the that's the point. With Asia, the whole out the whole package, like that's the the thing. Yeah, is is the package itself is is this whole thought is consistent and it, it's funk, it's jazz, it's pop, it's rock, it's a fusion of all that. And it comes but it all them. makes sense. It would it would sound like well, using that many adjectives would sound like this is a goddamn mess, right? But it's <laughs> coming know, to, in, to pull that off. And they knew exactly what they wanted, you know, both of them collectively. And if you think about it, I mean, each song, let's face it, they're pretty every for every song. There's a different. There's pretty much a different band playing. You got like maybe four or five different bands playing, you know, collectively on this album for each song. Yeah. So it could sound different it should sound different it should and the thing is it doesn't they have that that's the amazing that's the that's what i was getting to is yeah when you have using up to 40 people and and (laughs) like you said it's not like it's not like pet sounds where brian wilson used the wrecking crew got got 15 people in 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 a studio and used them all Mm -hmm. what 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 steely dan would do is one day there would be like five or six guys coming to cut a track then the next day Mm -hmm. five or six different guys would come in to cut the same track and they just kept on looking and searching for different combinations and different feels right who's you know so so you as well arranged and as as well thought out as you as this is you would think that they would know exactly what they wanted but they kind of didn't they kind of like yeah let's get another let's get a different guitar player in and let them try this solo and and that didn't work. So they would call another guy in and, and, and say, come on in and, and take a crack at this solo. Yeah. Until they found like the right mix and meld. And that's the beauty. And that's why when you look at the credits, it's it's a, you know. <laughs> Somebody said it. it was one of the one of the guitar players and um, <clears throat> who who said it. And he, he said they weren't looking for, for perfection. They were looking to make an album that you will enjoy listening to. And so they went beyond, they were looking over that fence of saying, we don't just want to make a perfect album for us. We want to make this as, as perfect for everyone out there and we, and, and be that consistent with it. And it is musically probably there. It's, it is somewhat deceptive in its accessibility in terms of the music, because it's very catchy. It's very, it catches oh, yeah. you. And it's, it's just, it's so, you know, some of it's really light and, and, and sunny, Lyrically, um, on the other hand, it might be something totally different, which is what they do. You know, like they they talk about like again, they talk about stuff that I have no idea what the, what what they're saying, what they're what, what they're <laughs> referring to. But it works; it, it absolutely works. And 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 yeah, they totally refined it and made it 
uh, it's, it's, it's so it's sublime. Yeah. I, I, this, that's probably the best word. Yeah. This is like, yeah. this is like the album. You come home from work, you pour <laughs> yourself a glass of wine, mm-hmm. you sit on the couch, the lights are dim and you put on Asia and you just like, you know, you just let it take you away. It's just like that whole, th- it's like a, such a, a mood setting album. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of, it's its own it's it's like its own entity when you put it on it's kind of like you you just gotta like kind of sit down and just relax and and listen to it and enjoy all the different the the workmanship i mean that's what this is this is like literally like a piece of art yeah the the workmanship that was put in like you said how loosey-goosey and you know like with all these different people and not looking for perfect solos but in not doing that they achieved something perfect because they were just looking for the right sound mm-hmm. and they didn't know what it was until they just kept on cycling people. It just come on in and people are getting frustrated and, you know, oh, not mine. Okay. Well, yeah. Then the next guy would come in and they would do this with the drummers. They would do this with the bass players. Yeah. It wasn't just the guitarist. They were just bringing different, different drummers in because they all have different, different styles and different ways of playing. And, you know, you got Rick Murata and, you know, Paul Humphrey and Steve Gadd. I mean, all these heavy hitters. And and That's right. uh Jim Keltner from the Traveling Wilburys and Bernard Purdy. I mean, Bernard these are Purdy. these are yeah. these are rock, jazz, fusion drummers, you know, players coming from all these different disciplines on this album, and it mm. you would never know. Mm. Right? Like you said, you would not know that this was not like a group of people, that this was like 15 to 20 different people. But it's engineered. It's engineered to to a certain degree where you cannot tell. You could you could swear it's the same band. Every guitar to me, I mean, the tone of the guitars, it's it, they're very similar. You really can't get a sense of like, well, this this has this guy has a very distinct style or whatever. I don't know how they did it, but they managed to make it sound like 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 we said, it's very consistent, very yeah. And it could be the very you know just the same group of people. It's just amazing. It is one of the best produced albums of all time, in my opinion. It's it's uh, yeah. I mean, I have a, I have a, I have a really crappy vinyl version, and it still sounds great. And like yeah. I put it on, like even with the pops and the cracks, the, the music that's in there just you know is, is incredible. I mean, you've got a, like the first side only has three songs, but it's got three like of the most iconic Steely Dan songs with Black Cow, Asia, and Deacon Blues. None of these are chart hits these right. are radio staples though especially deacon blues i think more so recently i think that's, that's kind of risen as like one of the deep cuts off of this album that people like that's my favorite like known track uh-huh. so to speak but asia <laughs> but i love asia I yeah mean, the length of asia they did they tried to do something they expanded it made it a I think it's the longest song on the album. They got they brought in Wayne yeah. Shorter on on saxophone, who's you know the guy's, the guy's played with Miles Davis for God's sake. I mean, this is like you know we're yeah. talking weather report. I mean, quality quality stuff here, quality yeah. people. You know, so these are no schmoes. You know, like they 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 knew how to pick the right the right people, and that's that's a, it's just a testament to and the the the, the idea of that of that kind of collaborative spirit where people come in and yeah i'll do it i'll do it you know i don't have to do this i could do my own thing i could you know whatever i go off and you know whatever but it's not the case here you know it's yeah. just they just bring them in and they you know yeah to make something special you know and that's yeah. that's music to me that is i love that that kind of thing when that kind of thing happens unfortunately i don't think it happens enough <laughs> 
you know, in this business to where it's, you know, at each yeah, other's no. throats and certain bands and you did this and blah, 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 blah you know, but it's, I don't, I don't think don't you're going to, I don't think you're going to get away with this style of recording anymore too, where no. you're, you're having people come in <laughs> and you're paying them for the session. Yeah. And then they go home the next day and it's like, okay, get, get me, you know, these people bring them in and we do the same song and we see how it feels and we yeah. see what it is. It's like, it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like an experiment you know, there, there is an end result that they're looking for, but they're not really sure perhaps what, what mm -hmm. it might be. They're not going to know until they hear it. And the only way to know until you hear it is to try out all these different things, you know, and, and then you get, you know, the, the gem from this one or the, the big song is Peg, which is definitely one of their uh, yeah. best songs of all yeah, time. It, of you talk about catchy. <laughs> it's got that shuffle. That's got that drum, that shuffly drum in it. Mm -hmm. um, it's got that just the, the the catchy keyboard progression and great vocal by 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 Donald Fagan. I mean, th this I think th that song like kind of encapsulates Steely Dan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like if you're gonna play somebody Steely Dan, you're you're probably gonna play them Peg or I don't even maybe or Josie. Think, yeah, or Josie. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe hey Nineteen, but as far as like what 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 encapsulates them, it's Peg. It's just got the catchy, it's got the catchiness. It's got the, it's the whole thing, but in a pop, in a pop song, the, like you said, the other songs are a little bit longer because they do expand on some of the musical ideas that they're trying to do. And that's where you, where you get that jazz feel, you know, because that's when they, they expand into those territories of, of a little bit more free form and, and some jamming, but it's not right. rock jamming. It's, no, it's, it's in, it's in the it's jazz. Textures. It's got the jazz flavor. Yeah. The, the, With Asia, those... it starts off really light, really, you know, kind of smooth and it just kind of builds, it builds. up by, yeah. by the end of the song. You're just, wow. You know, it's amazing. Yeah, the, it's amazing. The, the drums are going and, and yeah. the sax is just, <laughs> just rolling up and down and, yeah. and then, and then That's it comes back down and then it, it. then it comes back down again and, and it returns to the vocal mm -hmm. and, and the vocal is just as, as steady as it was in the beginning. It's not, affected by all the soloing that went on, like usually with rock songs that the vocals get a little more, you know, impassioned and, and more as you kind of come out of those things. And it's just kind of, it returns to that, that even keel and everything kind of pulls back. Yeah. And it just, you know, up on the hill, like it just kind of returns to it. <laughs> up on, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's yeah. And it just kind of, it, it, it's, it, it, it's kind of a wave that comes over you and then it kind of recedes on, on, on that song. Really good. Yeah, just oh, again, I just to look at these two figures, though. I mean, they they do. They look. I, I, I get. Yeah, they're just I so laugh. unassuming. They're they're so not rock and roll, right? You know, they're they're the, the, the antithesis. To hear them talk about the album, I I you know I I did uh, in, in prep for this. I watched the you know the the classic album episode. Yeah, which is know. a great documentary for anybody to watch. Right. It's the VH1. You know, like classic yeah, album it. series and, and how they break everything down and they yeah, go through each track and yeah it's great yeah but yeah but just to hear them like to sit when they're sitting at the board and they're just like yeah that was that was good that was pretty good you know and they're just they're so like dry about it just so they just yeah what not a, yeah we did some good stuff we're, yeah, we're you know? well they're very clinical about it because that's that's how they <laughs> you know? approach it like they don't yeah. you don't really they don't really approach it from like a a heart and soul point of view which isn't necessarily yeah. a bad thing they approach it from like a technical and you know how can we construct this so it sounds really good you know which 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 has its its appeal to it if you listen to this album that, that's what it is is that's what happens when when people get together and they in 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 this type of a creative thing of we're going to create this mm -hmm. how are we going to go about it well just yeah. haul, haul everybody in and home at last which is again all these songs are kind of just all fit together 
to give you this overall feeling. And mm-hmm. and I, I got into this late. I was not early on to the whole Steely Dan thing. Uh, yeah, except we, for except know, for those albums that you you know, except for the songs that you hear. I was surprised um, when you said that this is one of your favorite albums. Um, you know, you had you'd said that like, whoa, Steely Dan. Yeah, I, surprise! I huh? knew I was kind of like into him, but I kind of went off at like. We have a, a fellow, uh, a friend, a mutual friend who's really into him as well. I remember listening to probably more with our friend John than mm-hmm. than with you. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, I know you. I, I think you probably. I think might the album that we probably all came together on was Fagan's Nightfly album. I was, was even so, later. It, I was late to the game right. with that too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, I was. One, I know. was late. I was very late to the game. You guys were. I, I was into. I mean, I love the the song New Frontiers. I yeah. love that song. I that is a song <laughs> that is it, it very easily <laughs> when it ends it gets played again anytime it comes on when that song ends I play it a second time I I I, I, I love the music video too you yeah know, that was I just love me. that out you know yeah. like like that's a great companion to Asia because it's it's another great like just kind of piece of piece of work that Fagan did you know it was his first solo album after after they broke up but well I um, had like every album he came out comic Harriad mm -hmm. that sci-fi thing that he put together a little concept I have again no idea what it was about (laughs) but I I, I, even like later on he did it was a a, not you know uh, in the later years it was a uh, in the 2000s he put out another solo record and I got I got that I I have to and it's just you know some of them some of it's good some it's not so great but it's just you know you just got it you know, it's like Man, he's a very, he's a very compelling, he's a compelling person. He is absolutely just as a, he just be, as a figure. He even did uh, one of the things I like watching on YouTube is uh, criterion collection uh, videos. People come into what they call the criterion the closet. closet. Yeah, I've seen that. The closet videos. Donald yep. Fagan did one. I think he did one. They didn't have, they never aired it, but I know he did one, but he did do a top 10 like of, of movies. Half the movies he picked. I, I've never Artsy. seen, never heard of. It's just like, you know, okay. But the <laughs> way he des- the way he describes him, his writing, it's just like, wow, this guy is smart. You know, he's you know, I would hate to be in a conversation with this guy because he'd be like, Whoosh, you know, he'd be like blown yeah. away. You know, but uh but yeah, I mean, you know, but yeah, I like that, that. I like that that sort of more esoteric eccentric vibe that these these two but they know what they're doing and they they and they this is one of the most unique sounding you call it a band, you know, if you call it a band or whatever, whatever it is, nobody sounds like Steely Dan, in my opinion. I don't think it's one of those like things where, you know, it's like the doors in a, in a sense, because nobody really sounded like them. Right. Yeah. I and mean, they were kind of they were unique in what they did. And Steely Dan. Yeah, no, yeah, Steely Dan has it has a niche in rock and roll that no one really occupies. I mean, there there is no one that you, you could, could argue. Southern, you could talk about Southern rock. You could right, talk yeah, about you this could that, argue. the other thing. And, and Steely Dan doesn't. There's not really a jazz rock. You could argue, you know, thing. groups like like Chicago, like in the Perhaps. early days. Well, they were we're going to get that, into yacht rock, which, which you know, will, but, <laughs> which which is kind of a genre, but not really. But yeah. before we go any further, I think we need to talk about Michael McDonald also. Okay, because he kind of figures heavily into into this album, mm-hmm. and. Michael McDonald was kind of like Phil Collins before Phil Collins. Like this guy didn't say no to anything. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in 75, he, you know, he joins the Doobie. He's recruited by the Doobie brothers. So, he, you know, cause Tom Johnston was having some medical issues. So they needed somebody. And so they get Michael McDonald, but he's doing all this other like session work. 
as yeah. well. And he and he figures, you know, if you listen to Peg and the backing vocals, that is Michael McDonald. You can't mistake that voice. You can't mistake his no. voice. He was all over, you know, he was you know, with Kenny Loggins in that song, This Is It. So Michael McDonald yep. was like in the background of so many songs, but still with the Doobie Brothers. And I think at one point they're like, yo, you gotta, you gotta stop because you're, you're kind of watering down like our product really. Right. Because he's, he's yeah. like everywhere, but the, but the vocal hoops that they put him through yeah. because it's one thing to be playing a guitar solo or be playing a, an instrument a certain way. They needed him to sing a certain way. They actually needed him to sing chords mm -hmm. and stack and stack his own vocals which he which he said was a challenge even for an accomplished singer like him. He's like, this is not easy to do of to sing. No, it's not the, the three parts of a chord and get it exact. So when you hear stuff like Peg and, and some of the other stuff he does on this album, again, it's just all these different pieces from, you know, musical instruments to vocal instruments coming together and yeah. using and using these people. And, and he had, you know, Michael McDonald had, had sung on I think he was on Royal Scam as well. You'd be um, surprised what the human voice can accomplish. Yeah. And, you know, putting those, putting those track, you know, those vocal tracks together just by themselves, the isolated, amazing. It's, it's like a little symphony in itself. And they, they actually on the, on the, uh, the classic, they actually apologize and sorry, Michael, we, <laughs> we did this to you, <laughs> but yeah. they played, they played all of those, like the, yeah. those harmonies together. It's, it's a great yeah, document. If you want to really learn is. about really uh, how yeah. the sausage is made with, with <laughs> literally with, with music, mm -hmm. um, the, the Steely Dan documentary about this album, it really is one for the books. Cause you, you get them like, like Eric said, they're, they're, they're on the board and they're sliding instruments back in and out and, and, and they're actually finding stuff that was buried in the mix. Like, Oh, I didn't know. I didn't realize we left that in and, and, or this yeah. was in here still, or, you know, like, Oh, do you remember this? We, we tried that and that. And it, it's great to see not only to hear the music, but to hear the thought process behind it and what, mm -hmm. what they were trying to achieve. And, and that's just a that's big right. part of this album is just the, they, they went through all this work. So you could sit down and just listen to this thing and and just really take the ride. I mean, it's it's you know it's it's one of those albums like you put it on and it's just like boom. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. But you were talking about their sense of humor and how <laughs> they're kind of ordinary guys. Well, on the on the royal and the and royal scam, they, there's an album called I mean a song called Everything You Did. Yep. There's a lyric in there called turn. It says turn up the eagles. Turn up the eagles. Yes. It, yeah. It's gonna the eagles. The eagles loud. heard that. And Glenn Frey Don, heard that. Don Henley, yeah. He's so they 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 did respond. So since the, since Steely Dan name checked Eagles, Eagles would go one better. And in Hotel California, the original lyric was supposed to be "Stab it with their Steely Dan," but they changed it to "Steely oh, Knives." Nice, yeah, that's great. And and Glenn Frey was like, "Yeah, well, they you know they kind of name checked us, so we'll we'll return the favor." So that's kind of little interesting bit of uh, tidbit of trivia as well. It's 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 also the probably the most controversial song on the record because <laughs> it <laughs> it's not it's yeah it goes pretty deep goes pretty dark and that entire yeah. album is all about crime is that's the current the reoccurring theme on that record mm -hmm. it's just if it's not a concept per se but it is like every it's song is about a different type of crime you know <laughs> kind of thing they even talk about like this uh, the second song is about cave paintings that were done like thousands of years ago that they're, you know, like who, who talks about it? Who like comes up with these <laughs> concepts, right? Like cave paintings that were proved to be like a hoax, I think. 
So it was like they were trying, people were trying to say that all, oh, you know, the, these people <laughs> drew this stuff like way back in the day before, you know, whatever. But it, it actually turned out to be true. You know, it was, they, they, they did try to debunk it, but it actually came out to be true. But like I said, like who, who thinks of, like, who and, would think of like writing a song about and, that? Encapsulated you know? in a song. Exactly. And, and, and put it in the context of like, you know, we're even talking about crime that, that supposedly happened a th- like yeah. thousands of years ago. It's like, Shows they go, you how like, far back it esoteric goes. they get, you know, like just weird, weird yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah, that would, and that, that's the progression is, yeah. is they kind of got, went through those different phases to get to Asia, which, which again is the master stroke of their career. Mm-hmm. They literally, started recording their follow-up right afterwards. Actually, there's, there's, is a, there is a song that came out from this era that did not make it on an album, and it, it probably it, it would fit very easily on Asia, and that's, that's FM. Yeah. FM w- was written for the soundtrack of this really disastrous movie called FM. It was the title track, and it was the, you know, the main song. It's one of their best. Yeah, it's just a. It's, yeah. it, it fits. It totally fits in this album. It was recorded right at the tail end of, of of when they were finishing up Asia. They knocked it out, and it's got that same feel. So then they go right into the studio. They start recording their follow up album, mm-hmm. but it didn't get released for a few years because they ended up they were on the ABC label, which is a really defunct and ancient label. I think like the <laughs> Osmonds were on ABC or <laughs> yeah Partridge Family. I don't know who's oh, on yeah. it, but. They, they got bought by MCA and with all the squabbles and everything that was going on, Gaucho, you know, their follow-up was Gaucho. It was ready to go. It got shelved for a couple of years because of all the issues with MCA and promotion and, and getting things done. Mm-hmm. It, it, it finally came out in 1980 and it's kind of like, it's, it's really good. I, I really like Gaucho, you know, and, and, and it continues the themes and it continues what they were doing. It's just a, a a tiny bit slicker. It's at that point they just it's a little bit more of the same. I feel, yeah, right. It's, but it's but the sound is just of, it, it started know. to get that sh- that extra sheen on it mm-hmm. of production. But it was a great album, nevertheless. But that, it kind of you know I think at, by that time that you know the 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 bloom was off the flower. They were starting to also bicker. Becker was bickering, Becker bicker, um, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and there was some drug issues as well. So at that point, after Gaucho in 1980, they they pretty much called it quits. That was that was it for them, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so they 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 had hit the pinnacle, had started working on the follow up. That just got became disastrous because of the record company. And I think that just kind of, you know, ended everything for for them. And they would go dormant for a long time. But like we said, Donald Fagan would would start making some solo albums. And yeah, the, the wonderful, the night fly has got the song IG, IGY. What a wonderful world. I love that. Uh, one. New frontier yeah. and oh, God, Maxine. Michael McDonald on that record too. Yeah. He brought a lot of these people. And do you think it sounds like Steely Dan? Can you really, can you, is there a difference? Do you think, or what in Gaucho? No. in, in the night fly, like oh. his solo work. Um, yeah, it, it does sound uh, a little different because, it's I, it's throwback it's throwbacky and I, I think, mean that in a good way. I think Gaucho is, is kind of climbing towards that that he because he was playing that those weird like he was starting to experiment with you blow into it it's like a it's like playing a horn but it's a keyboard it's got the keyboard time. on it yeah yeah, yeah. It's like, you know you know what I'm talking about that mm-hmm. sound that certain sound that he, and he that was very prevalent on Gaucho and and then it, you know of course he carried that over to Nightfly so to me that's why that's I think that's where it it falls into that. 
similar yeah. <clears throat> vein, you know, but yeah, uh, I, I think the knife flies a little bit more nostalgic because it does, it is about when he was young, when he was a kid yeah. growing up. So there is a, a different, a, a different point of view on it. And mm-hmm. and I, I think that's why it's a great listen too, because it's very, the, the lyrics are very story driven and yeah, it's just a great one. Yeah. But what would happen is um, this term would would start to be coined in around the early 2000s like 2005 or something <laughs> a new genre of music would emerge called yacht rock i what i i don't i don't know what that means i don't, you don't know what I that means i i've heard it I've, obviously i've heard it but i i, I don't acknowledge it I'm, it's it's, <laughs> it's stupid <laughs> it's just stupid to me it's like yacht rock what are, what are you trying to say you know well, like, let me let me give you some examples of yacht rock then and you can tell I, me yeah, if, if they fit in, okay. I'll, I'll give you so I'll give you just a, a handful of yacht rock. Okay, <laughs> you'll have bands, but besides besides Steely Dan, you'll have bands like Ambrosia, okay. Doctor Hook, uh, Dan Fogelberg, Little River Band, Jerry Rafferty, mm-hmm. Seals and Crofts, Boz Skaggs, Pablo Cruz, yeah, Toto and Gino Vanelli. What do you think? So yeah, I mean they're all kind of like light, breezy, jazzy, adult-oriented rock. I guess is what what it used to be called, right? Stuff. Middle of the road. We, we actually, yeah. I think that was the term back even okay. back then. Yeah. It was middle of the road. What is yacht rock trying to imply, though? Is that is it because it's smooth? It's kind of jazzy. It's okay. you know well. So is, I, I also, only, I think this is stuff that only like what rich people listen to. <laughs> Or, no, I, I, I think that's what certain, you would get the impression like, that, oh, you're on you're on a yacht and you're drinking oh, champagne and you're oh, listening we, to this. There's a certain air about these people exactly. that they're putting on that they're like, oh, we're like, you know, more no, sophisticated I, or something. I No, I, I, I think know. what it implies is that the music is so well produced. Okay. You know, if you think about all those all those artists, right, like Ambrosia. Yeah. And yeah. And, and these other ones, they, they all like Boz Skaggs, these are all well, like well produced and well made songs from these, from these people. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think it's more the, you know, there's no rough, there's nothing rough like the who or, or Zeppelin or crunchy like ACDC. It seems to be quote unquote, like slickly produced music, Mm -hmm. you know, so stuff you would, you know, if you were, if you were at a party and you were with some friends on a boat, you'd be playing foreigner, you know, and and Kenny Loggins and Nicolette Larson and you know that kind of stuff. But would uh, would you put Steely Dan in that category though? I don't know. I think they're they're a little bit of apart from that really mm, polished one hit. I think wonder. their popular stuff fits in there. Their their later stuff, I think the stuff from Asia and Gaucho absolutely fits into that mold of really well produced, fantastic sounding, yeah. jazzy. Uh, this is not, I'm going to say unoffensive, meaning that it's just kind of like, quote unquote, not challenging, but I would put, I would not say that Asia is, is, is like that at all. But um, <laughs> I, I think there, it's a, it's a broad generalization for a style of music. That's kind of stuff you would hear on light FM, I suppose. So in other words, it could be also called yawn rock, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right? Are we are music, we that boring? Are we, music we, to, we, we, music we love to this snooze stuff? by. <laughs> are, do, are we that? You know, I don't know. I I just I, it's just weird how this stuff comes up, but I yeah. I don't it, pay attention to that. I, well, they're running out of genres. I like I like what sounds good. You know, yeah. so yeah, I do like a well produced album. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, 
You know, it's not all Me punk neither. rock and, you know, rough, you know. Yeah, I, I, there's a certain... There's a place a, for everything. Yeah, I have a certain ear for that. And there's a time and a place for that kind of thing, too. Sure. But this yeah. stuff, yeah. I mean, all, I mean, if you, if you want to say, I mean, the 70s was full of that stuff. You could even put an ELO in that, in that category. Yeah. You know, Chicago... Certainly. Chicago, Chicago's yeah. on the list. They got Firefall, 10 CC. You could put England, uh, England, England, England Dan, and John, and John Ford, Ford Coley. Coley. Yeah, <laughs> Christopher Cross. <laughs> yeah, he's on right. there too. Yep. So all yeah. all that stuff. So you're getting a feel for what yacht rock is. It's that kind yeah, of just well, that I, smooth, I kind of smooth poppy music. I just don't for the term. <laughs> I find well, I find the term itself. Would you rather but, be called kayak pop or no, kayak rock? I just I just think the term itself is rather. <laughs> rather snooty rather pretentious oh absolutely or, it is you know it gives you, like it's it gives, just you know it gives you the impression of oh this is hoity-toity in a way because yeah. i when i was i liked this stuff when i was a kid you know See, this well, is you had, to be, you had you champagne know, tastes well there you go maybe i'm an old soul <laughs> or whatever but i i don't you know so i do take offense I take, <laughs> to new to new <laughs> taking a stand taking a stand <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know why. It it is an insulting term because it does imply it's music for older people as well. I think it yeah, a little bit of ageism when you hear the words yacht rock, you think of old people or you right. know, like these rich people and you know, yeah, so hoity toity and uh yeah, Steely Dan. If you go listen to, you know, do it again and reeling in the years, I don't think that's that's not no. yacht rock to me. Or Listen to the album before Asia Royal Scam. Yeah. It's, it, there's some, you know, some real gritty stuff on there as well. <laughs> so we're not when that's 76. So we're not, you know. Well, so, yeah, you could say the limit of the later stuff. Yeah, I guess you could apply that to Sting, artists like Sting and that kind of you know, Phil Collins. And sure, certainly. But I, I don't know. I don't find anything wrong with it. So. <laughs> I mean, I well, mean, what go, do you go think? Sit, go I mean, sit on your yacht and listen to Steely Dan. But what do you, you think? When, how do you feel about it? I mean, you, do you like the term? Do you care? Do you really care? I mean, I, it's it's funny. Um, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because before the right before the pandemic, before the lockdown, mm-hmm. I was supposed to go see a band called Yacht Rock Review. Oh my goodness! And they did all of this type of music. <laughs> Oh my no! And that's what it was. It was it was like this type of thing. Like it was a cover band, but they did like all these artists. Literally, like the week that everything got shut down is when the tickets, the concert was supposed to be. And uh, that's crazy. That was in twenty, you know, in twenty twenty, and uh, it got it got canceled. So I never got to. So I, I don't have a problem with labels because, like you said, I, I don't care. You know, call, we call it whatever you want. It, it means what it means to me, no matter what the label is. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't. And and this album, it I, I think this album kind of defies labels because it, it's not rock mm-hmm. and it's not jazz and it's not pop and it's not funk, but it's all those. Right. You know, I like and, it. and it's just like albums that could take you to you know, a lot of different places, too. Yeah. And I'm so sorry oh. that I that I came like so late in the game to this one. But but I guess I wasn't ready for it, you know, and, and when I finally did, I'm like, wow, like, you know, I was really I was really able to appreciate it. You know, and, and I think if it was something that was maybe pushed on me at an earlier time, I might not have been as receptive to it. Yeah. Well, you, nobody um, really likes to be told what to like. You know what I mean? There's a certain, we all, we were all guilty of it. I think, you know, we're all like, you got to get into this band. You got, you, you know, you know. <laughs> What's the matter you, with you? You got to be, you know, what to, you know, yeah. And the more somebody does that, I don't care who you are, you, the more you're going to, you're going to, you're going to push against it. 
exactly. It, it always, it, 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 it's just the way, you know? Yeah. So but there's a way around that is, is you have to have people in your car when you're driving. So you control the music. See, that was always my thing. <laughs> Enough. That's why I was, I was always, I, I had the car, so I controlled the music and that was, you know, so you're at the mercy. So you had, you had no choice, but to listen to some of the crazy stuff. There you go. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Dean had but the yeah, license but, first, the car first. Yeah. Yep. But, but so. yeah, back back when this stuff was in its heyday, it, it was not on my radar, I, it, you know, out, outside of it being on the radio. Yeah. Right. Outside of like the hits like Peg and 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 Hey 19 and these other ones, Ricky, don't lose that number. Steely Dan was not on the radar for me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of there. You know, like I said, you 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 and our friend Johnny got into the knife fly when it came out. But yeah, again, outside of like, oh, New Frontiers is really catchy and I dig it and it's got a clever video, it came and went. Came and went, you know, passed through my life. And and I don't know what, it, what how I came across it again. I don't know if someone gave, I don't know if a, a friend of mine uh, was replacing his CD collection. Mm-hmm. And I think he just gave me like all of the old ones. So like when the stuff gets remastered, you know, the old ones are worthless, whatever. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I ended up getting, getting these CDs. And I'm like, okay, you know, okay. Like, and he gave me rush. He gave me like all these rush things. He gave me all this rolling stones and I was like, I'm not going to listen to all of it, but uh, you know, I was like, probably Asia was like the, the iconic album. Even if you didn't know Steely Dan, it was like, that's the one. Right. So I put that on and I'm like, wow. You know, and that's what did it. Yeah. Man. And this, this so is like a perfect you know, album to start with. Although I, you I, might, I, you, you might be disappointed. I mean, if you start with this, you're going to be disappointed in everything else. Well, well, I don't I know. I mean, I, I, you could make a, a really good case for, for their greatest hits album, honestly. Oh, yeah. But you know, <laughs> you know, or, or at the very least, you know, not the whole, shebang with the box set but there's a there was a two disc that came out in 2000 the story of two i think it was mm-hmm. called or whatever and that had like pretty much everything you needed you needed you know it had all the hits plus some of the deep cuts as well so you're you were pretty much good to go there so if mm-hmm. you were not familiar with steely dan and you just wanted to have something that's a good starting point as well but um but no, I, 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 you know, going back and listening to their records, yeah, with each album, they just got progressively more and more sophisticated. And, and like I said, you know, I keep bringing up Royal Scam, but these two albums for me are the, are, were the pinnacle because Royal Scam was like, they got to that point, but Asia, they refined it. Yep. That's and, what I was exactly going to say that know, is, is refining and, like a, you know, yeah. putting that razor sharp edge on the music and, mm-hmm figuring out like okay yeah this is what we want it's going to take a lot of work and we're it's going to take a lot of people it's going to take a lot of musicians but the, you know we're not going to stop until we've got it right and they did they mm-hmm. stopped and and I think they got it and I think this is this is an album that really needs to be listened to and just sat literally sat down and listened to I'm not even going to recommend put it on in the car. I'm going to like, <laughs> like usually no, like, oh, put this on in the car and listen to it. But I, I'm going to say like, sit down. Like you, you got to no, set the, you got to set the mood for this. Like set the if mood. You set, if you set the right mood for this album, it's going to be magical for you as well. If you, well, if you can listen to it with headphones too, that would be even better. Um, but I mean, it has a really nice sound, you know, overall. Gorgeous. I think, I think they tried to actually, when they tried to remaster it, with the SACD and, you know, the 5.1 mix and all that kind of thing, they couldn't do it because they didn't have like the, some of the mix, you know, the original mixes. So they, they had to cancel the pro- both projects. They couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't actually re-release this thing as like these fancy, like 
you know, 5.10 audio yeah. thing. And he, you know, they didn't it have just, the mix. They didn't it, have the masters. It just, it just didn't exist. Yeah. They lost yeah. the the masters, which is a shame. I don't know, just a couple of songs, but you know, it's yeah. enough. Well, to, we, we ended know. up getting what we got then. I mean, and, yeah. and I'm, ha- I'm, I'm happy with it so as it is. Happy with that crappy vinyl yeah. that you got. Cause well, it's, you know, I don't, I don't need, yeah. I don't need the remaster. I'm, <laughs> I'm good with, I'm good with it as it is. It doesn't need to be touched. There you go. It doesn't need to be tweaked. Album order doesn't need to be shuffled around. There's no complaints with this album. There is no nitpicks with this album mm-hmm. as well. There is nothing to nitpick on this album. It's just sit down and listen to it and enjoy. Yep. And yep, that's absolutely. That is the final. That is the final word for Steely Dan on go. this episode. It's the album is Asia. Uh, check it out. It's it's a top top shelf choice for us. It would it would go it would go into the Hall of Fame along with the Stranger. From Billy Joel, which we inducted on on Billy Joel's episode, another New York <laughs> artist as well. You see a theme here. I think the New York artists have have a little bit of edge, or they get a little handicaps, a couple of extra points on our end. So. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so that's that's gonna do it. It should be <laughs> for the yeah. You know, it should they they you know hometown heroes. Mm-hmm. That's gonna do it for this episode of the thirty three twenty four podcast. Thanks for joining us. We always appreciate it. Check us out on on social media. We do live shows twice a month, believe it or not. That's our commitment to you, is to not only have recorded entertainment, but you can interact with us live. We have a lot of fun. So check us out there. We go live on YouTube and on Facebook. And like I said in the beginning, social media, you can catch us there as well. For Eric, this has been Dean. Thanks for joining us. We will see you on the flip side. You've been listening to the 3324 Podcast with Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider. So please like, subscribe, and rate to become a part of the 3324 family. Your feedback is important, so make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 3324podcast and on Twitter at 3324p to join the conversation. 